This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. On today's PropTech VC Podcast, we have Dominic Collins who is the co-founder and CEO of DaraBase, an AR outdoor media company. Dominic, thank you for coming on the show. No problem, nice to be here. Why don't you give us a quick, very quick background of your very interesting career. We've, we've talked about this offline and explain to us quickly what DaraBase does as well. Okay, so I spent, I suppose, most of my career um, working in large organizations, um, helping them be more digital once kind of digital existed. So kind of way back when, uh, in the 90s, I worked for Hearst and kind of worked in magazines. Um, I used to run a Squire magazine in the UK um, and then um, joined, actually joined a startup, an Italian startup called Bongiorno, which was a, a, an email and wireless marketing company. Then kind of went back into large organizations, ran, um, ran the digital team at Sky, it's kind of large um, satellite uh, TV broadcast in the UK and worked with, um, was hired by Apex, the private equity company to do the digital transformation of auto trader uh, in the UK, kind of really taking that from print to print to digital. Um, then joined uh, Orange or France Telecom and um, who just done a joint venture with Deutsche Telekom, um, which is T-Mobile, but over here in, in, in Europe. Um, and uh, both France Telecom and Deutsche Telekom had kept a bunch of stuff outside of the JV and I basically ran two uh, two other businesses for Orange outside of the joint venture. One was called Orange Digital, which is kind of all the digital bits of Orange that wasn't the telco. Uh, and then also uh, Unanimous, which was their, uh, which is a company that they'd acquired, which is kind of their global advertising business. And from there, I then moved into um, kind of the mothership, the joint venture itself, which at the time was called Everything Everywhere, and then was kind of the first uh, new brand in the UK to launch 4G, which became EE, and then was subsequently bought by, by a BT or British Telecom. Um, and I ran the digital PL of uh, Orange, T-Mobile, and uh, and also EE uh, in that in that role. And then moved across to be chief marketing officer of a company called Legal and General, which is a kind of big investment management insurance business who were looking to kind of drive some transformation through that organisation. And then I kind of got to a period of my career where I kind of felt that I'd kind of surfed this wave of change through all these different organisations, kind of starting in classifieds and kind of ending up on the the beachhead of fintech, I suppose. Um, and I thought, well, actually, you know where I am kind of personally, where I am professionally, whilst I've spent most of my career kind of helping big companies be more digital, um, it might be more fun to help digital companies be more big. Um, it's kind of my little kind of personal pivot. Um, and so I was actually out in, out in Silicon Valley, um, WPP, the advertising agency, do this thing called the West Coast Tour, where they take a bunch of chief marketing officers out to, to kind of meet Palantir Technologies and Google and kind of, you know, a couple of hours of Jack Dorsey at Twitter and, you know, Facebook and so on and so forth. Because like a road show, right? Yeah, it's kind of like, well, there's a there's a billion dollars of ad revenue in the room, you know, kind of, you know, from all over the world. And so you kind of get to see the great and the good of, of Silicon Valley, especially where they have an ad advertising kind of spe you know, spectrum of that business. Um, and the very last company that we saw was this this company called Jaunt, um, which is a virtual reality and became an augmented reality company too. Um, just closed the C round from um, from a, a bunch of you know Redpoint, Highland, uh, some big VCs as well as Disney and Sky and, and, and other more strategic investors. And I it was the first time I put on a virtual reality headset. 
and I was kind of like, whoa, this is this is storytelling kind of at a new level. I was really intrigued by it. So long story short, I ended up joining Jaunt. I was kind of their first hire outside of California. I helped to begin with kind of grow the business, kind of turn it from a project, I suppose, into a product a little bit um, and help commercialize it both in the States and then set up international. Um, we did a joint venture with... Uh, uh, with China Media Capital uh, and Shanghai Media Group. And then towards the end, I was also president of products and engineering in, in uh, San Mateo in, on the West Coast, uh, but always kind of based mostly out of London, which is where my family is. And it was kind of while we were there and actually we were kind of packaging it up for sale a little bit and ended up selling it to Verizon, um, that I kind of had the the seed for, for what became Dorabase, which was this kind of realization that, that actually, you know, I believe strongly, as do many others, that you know, increasingly our digital lives will be layered on the physical world. Um, you know, it'll be what do you call it, Web three, metaverse. Maybe we'll kind of dig into that a little bit more later. But but the, you know, the digital content that we see will increasingly be kind of layered on phys on the physical world, and and. We were starting to see that happening with you know, Snapchat's landmarkers and ads being put on Buckingham Palace and the Flatiron Building and so on. My feeling was, well, look, this is kind of like outdoor media, but just truly digital, not you know, a digital screen, but this is you know, digital content viewed through a lens, today a mobile phone, maybe in the future, you know, wearable smart glasses and so on, which we can dig into as well. But actually what's happening at the moment is the property owner isn't at the table. You know, all, this, all these kind of digitally native companies are getting all excited about slapping, you know, AR augmented reality content on the world around you, um, not just on your face, but also you know on, on on the place. And yet they weren't engaging with a property company. They didn't have any permission. There was a bunch of kind of regulations and laws that it was contravening. Um, and it kind of felt like the, the digital equivalent of you know graffiti or fly posting, especially where it's commercial and advertising in nature. So so we thought we need some kind of AR database um, of kind of, of you know some kind of registry. Hence Dara Base is kind of you know an AR database. But at its heart, where basically we can kind of register and you know, permissions and digital rights for the physical world and then start to have a permission-based and brand-safe play so that, so that actually if you wanted to monetize an audience with advertising or commercial content within their field of view, you can, you can do that by you know, calling upon the APIs and, 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 um, and the registry and, and uh, database that is, that is our company. And um, we can enable this permission-based and brand-safe uh, advertising market in this new medium, which will, we, I believe will be huge. Um, and it's already a multi-billion you know, billion dollar industry and do so in such a way where the property companies are engaged and rewarded. Um, so that's the, that's the heart of Dorabase. Uh, we've been running for just over three years now. Um, I'd gladly tell you kind of more about how that's going, but we're seeing a lot of traction and it's a super interesting space. Yeah, the timing right now with the whole movement around Web3 and Metaverse, it's creating a lot of excitement. You've got major brands trying to figure out what they should do. JP Morgan, very recently announced a big presence in the metaverse and released a really interesting white paper actually encouraging all types of businesses to make a play, make a move. There's no downside in their words to making a move and experimenting with these emerging platforms. But we tend to think of the metaverse often as bound to a headset. Yeah. And we tend to think of it as virtual. Your belief is that around us, the real world, the physical world can have an overlay. And AR brought that in some way because the advent of games like Pokemon Go or even scanning QR codes or having filters allowed you to interact with the digital or your physical world in a, in a digital realm. And so your, your view is that what happens when you have property, real estate, and people start messing with that real estate. They start creating digital twins and they start adding graffiti and they start adding advertising. What happens? And I, and I guess that's, that's the challenge of solving, right? 
Yeah, I think so. Let's let's maybe pick apart the kind of the physical versus virtual metaverse thing first, because I think it's a, you know it's a, an interesting distinction, and I'm glad glad you made it. Which is that there's quite a lot of a, a kind of evangelism around the metaverse, and a lot of people kind of writing, being very purist and quite evangelical around it, saying you know there will only be one metaverse. You know the metaverse is the internet. You know it, it, you kind of have multiple metaverses, and it's kind of certainly kind of a, a way of thinking that this becomes you know Web three is just the an entirely new way of you know of being able to read, write, and, and interact with, you know, a, a, within a digital realm. But kind of being less evangelical about it, I think the way we think about it is that basically um, it's it's about immersive and three-dimensional content. It's about content that that you kind of very much live within, as well as as well as it kind of being on a flat and two-dimensional two screen. Um, I actually think that, that there's a far bigger opportunity in what we think of as the physical metaverse, you know, as you say, the way that we augment the world around us than there is in the virtual metaverse, certainly in the kind of short to medium term in the kind of next five to 10 year time frame. You know, we've many people, you know, listening to this will have probably seen or read, you know, Ready Player One as an example. You know, this, this film and book, which I you know, personally love, where, you know, your, people are residing in the oasis, but it's kind of dystopian view because they're doing it because the real world is so, so, you know, horrendous. And I, I think that there's definitely a, a place to play in terms of a kind of headset related fully alternative reality within which you can interact by you know play love enjoy etc but actually i think that you know as human beings what what i'm excited about is the fact that you know everyone's walking around right now you know with their head down looking at this flat tiny screen in front of them this is the way that they're increasingly living their lives but actually you know what i believe is that the physical metaverse allows us to kind of you know to be able to look up in the not too distant future, because you know everyone will have heard that you know Facebook have already launched Ray-Ban glasses. Apple heavily, you know, heavily rumored to be launching something in the next 12 to 18 months. Google obviously had Google Glass some time ago, but a lot of investment going in. And Facebook or Meta, as they're now even known, you know, 20% of their entire engineering workforce, I understand, is now working on virtual reality and augmented reality. So you've got all these very large, you know companies which are worth more than you know the FTSE 100 you know, each kind of thing, all betting their, their future on our future, which will is that it will be digital. And I, and I think that you know, there's a, a huge opportunity from a human perspective to be able to, you know, with controls in a kind of non-dystopian way, start to augment the world around us in a way that is additive, which is entertaining, which is educational, which is useful. We see the beginnings of that, you know, as you say, Pokemon Go, which some people will think, oh, that's, I remember that was kind of flash in the pan some time ago. Well, yeah. Made over a billion dollars last year. Still, you know, this is this is a, a franchise which is incredibly successful and and is painting the world with content. Similarly, Google Maps. You know, if you go into into walking directions and you choose Live View, you know, instead of just kind of trying to work out where the hell you are and where the button is and kind of where, is it over there, and it actually just starts, it, you know, uses a point cloud and visual technology to be able to understand where you are, and then it starts putting arrows on the world around you, just kind of follow the arrows. So there's some really useful and entertaining ways that that AR can start to be start to be addressed. We as Darabase work with a lot of property companies and brands to help them to do that too. Um, but but, we, but absolutely, we believe that, if, especially when it's commercial content, you know, we're not kind of getting into freedom of speech. And, you know, if I want to, a couple of things. One, we believe it has to kind of be persistent in nature. So, you know, if I'm just walking down the street and 
let's say in the future I'm wearing glasses and in the field of view, you know, comes up some email. Well, that's a little bit like me kind of just checking my email in the, in the train station. It's not contextual to the train station. I just happen to be in that location. So that's kind of fill your boots. It's not, but if, if there's content there that everyone can see all at the same time, or there's inventory there, even if people are seeing different types of content, that inventory is persistent and is available for multiple users, especially when it's contextual to the, to the location um, and, it's, and it's also commercial in nature then absolutely there's a bunch of existing regulation and law and the Lanham Act in the States and passing off an IP and contract law and things like the cap code for advertising in terms of permission-based media that basically already applies to this new medium. Um, and we will see increasingly you know, new case law that is specific to this new medium as well.